Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao, and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. All right, everyone. So this is my friend, Mike. And today we are going to talk about a couple of questions. Mike has selected some very, very interesting questions. The one we're going to start with is about unlocking yourself physically and mentally. So Mike, just to start off with thinking back on your life, what are the biggest ways in which you've unlocked yourself physically? Um, I think it started, I mean, I, I, when I was young, even I remember in, in high school, um, you know, it being 10 o'clock at night, um, and I lived down this long driveway, there were no lights and on this kind of long road that wasn't very traveled. And, and I would just say to myself, it's dark. I finished my homework. I'm going to go for a run. Um, and I think, I don't know where those ideas sort of came from, but the seed was sort of planted on inside of me as far as, um, you know, little challenges with myself. And I would, I guess that would be the start of the unlocking, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. Because once I would do something, then I would say, you know, well, what else can I do? And maybe I was influenced um, a little bit by watching Rocky a hundred times. Um, yes. but I, I, I think Rocky. that, um, that sort of, um, you know, the underdog trying to challenge themselves um, and push themselves for me, I think, so it started at a young age and then I, I went into the military and, um, you know, one of the things that, that I, um, enjoyed leadership piece of, of the military, but I was very much into, um, the physical challenges that, you know, certain, um, things that I did in the military, um, through training or schools or trying to get into, you know, serving with elite units. Um, so those, they were challenges, but what I learned through a lot of those, you know, there was a physical piece, but there was, there needed to be a mental piece. So I think, you know, you started out by asking me about, you know, unlocking, sort of on the physical side, but I, I think at a certain point, the mental side had to unlock in order to help the physical side. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. How did that come to be? I mean, like, so do you discreetly remember a situation where there was like a moment where you said, okay, this is the moment where I need to mentally unblock myself to get to the next level. And what was that situation? I that think, um, you know, while I was pretty good at a lot of the physical, you know, things, it just, it suited me um, and I enjoyed it and I enjoyed pushing myself. The very first time um, I think where I kind of hit a wall basically um, in the physical didn't go as well as I wanted it to was when I was um, at dive school um, and the process, part of the process is they, they want to make sure you're comfortable and uncomfortable situations underwater and um you um swim around on the bottom of the pool a couple inches off the pool with all your scuba equipment on and um they do what at the time they called hits and they would basically come down 
Um, and really all you could do was sort of go limp, hold on to your tanks, and they had a period of time to do whatever they wanted as far as turn your your um, your air source off, pull your regulator out of your mouth, you know, pull your mask off, spin, okay. spin you around, et cetera, et cetera. And then you had to compose yourself. Obviously, air getting to your air source um, was was the priority. But um, and, and so you went through those. And I got hit once, and they, the instructor had been on my back. I didn't know this, but he had turned the air off, and he got me on an exhale. So the okay. instructors come down, and they're on, they're just holding their breath, and they are very good at what they do. And they, he kind of was just swimming mm-hmm. on behind me and kind of above me, and I didn't know because you're sort of face down at the bottom of a pool swimming around and um I had exhaled and then he turned the valve and it shut it completely off so I got hit on the exhale and I immediately went into I guess a somewhat controlled panic um and um frankly I didn't do a good job at composing myself um and it bothered me and at the end of that day they pulled a, a couple people that had some um, not so successful hits, um, and I got pulled into the office basically and counseled, and basically said, if that happens again, you're gonna get booted out of the course. Um, and I, that was a huge. Um, I walked out of there. I felt like you know someone had put 500 pounds on my back, um, and the amount of self-talk and mental gymnastics and exploration and just back and forth internally that I went through that night where I probably didn't sleep, but maybe an hour. Um, Mm -hmm. because the, the weight of, you know, the shame I would feel if I would have not made it through that course, um, was so daunting to me that I didn't know what I would, you know, where I would go if, if it happened. And so the next day we went back and we had to start over doing the same stuff. And I got hit really bad, um, pretty early on. And I actually think they planned that because they wanted to sort of either make or break me. And I did everything in my power to, you know, stay in control and I got through it and it was brutal. Like the amount of sort of convulsing that was going on while I was basically out of air. Um, I will never forget it. And I got myself composed and I, they had me go up to the surface. The instructor was basically like, that is the hardest hit you'll ever go through. Everything else should be a piece of cake because they pushed me as far as they could push me. Um, that was a huge, for me, that was such a huge, um, just occasion events, you know, where the mental had to come into play, um, to help the physical um mm-hmm. so there I have other examples and and uh of that but that was the first really big time and and it instilled such confidence in me like in the water and just with myself um and I use that example talking to other people sometimes about you know I was right on the you know I was on the edge of potentially being you know doing a, a, the walk of shame out of a school and probably being dismissed from the unit I was in um, because of that. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Well, can you, so can you speak to some of the, I know you've done a lot of um, absolutely insane physical feats in your life, but can, can you speak to some of the physical feats you've been able to accomplish because you were able to 
unlock yourself mentally in this way. And also, actually, before we get into that, I think um, this this moment when you were under the water, convulsing out of there, you came out of it with such confidence. But during the during that time when you were fighting to survive, um, were there tools like were they were there mental tools you were employing, or was it just brute strength? Like I have to get through this. It was just it was just brute mental strength um mm. that just was like you cannot hold on you will get to the oxygen you will get to the air just hold on hold on mm. you know the the you know it's it's easy to it's i always tell people this it's so easy to quit and then 10 minutes after you quit like you're, you're gonna feel awful and i, I know i didn't have to t- get through 10 minutes but it felt like 10 minutes and I just was like, you've got to hold on. And I just, I just, you know, steeled my mind to a, just a central kind of point of hold, just hold. Um, and that held my focus in my mind, which held my body in place. Mm. Okay. So that, that's incredible context. So when so I think speaking to some of the physical feats you've been able to accomplish because you were able to unblock yourself mentally this way or steal your will this way, um, I think another way to frame that question is also uh, when have I mean you push your body to the brink and your mind to the brink all the time. Um, do you anchor on that memory? Like when when are other cases where you faced an incredibly difficult physical or mental situation where you've sort of anchored back to I I remember being able to do this. Yeah, there's, there's other a couple situations. other. Yeah. There were a couple other situations I went through um, where I was kind of pushed to the brink and I made it through. Um, and so I would say, you know, I created kind of a, a toolbox, if you will, in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And that was all really under the, the the umbrella of the military and you know working in the intelligence community um, within the government. So there's that sort of chapter, but the chapter to the uh, and there was a lot of physical things in there, but those were, you know, schools and training and tryouts and things. Um, but these events that, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, when I, um, I think it was after I had, I had worked with a, a foreign force um, and gotten through their, one of their really rigorous courses. And I came back to the United States after being abroad for two years and started saying to myself, like, you know, I am way more capable than I thought I was. If I look back at that toolbox and I kind of look at the memories in each drawer and what it taught me and I just, you know, and so I want to try some of these things that I'm not sure if I can do. Um, So it was, it was, I want to challenge myself and, you know, those, all those challenges that I've done, you know, some were easier than others. Um, You know, when I anchor myself, the first thing is like, you know, at the end of this, at some point, I'm going to get something to eat. Some, you know, no one's going to take away my sleep. No one's, you know, I'm not in some far off land, um, you know, facing, you know, terrible odds kind of thing. So right there, I'm kind of able to say like, okay, this is going to last 48 hours and then it's going to be over with. Um, And then I tie all my events to, um, to charity. So I guess, you know, within within these challenges there's purpose so i i will anchor myself as far as the motivation to what's the purpose and i all the the things that i've raised money for the different charities there's 
something in my life that's been touched by that cause. So I have three friends who are paralyzed. So I did spinal cord injury research funding for probably three or four of my events. Um, you know, veterans causes, um, ALS, yeah. um, you know, food allergy, clinical trials for food allergies. Like there's tons of things out there. So, so I have that sort of star motivation, um, that I put in there and then, you know, I train for these things as I train through them, I kind of get a, a feel for, you know, where, where's it going to get really ugly. And if I'm doing 10 of something or I'm doing a hundred of something, you know, I know where that, that rough spot's going to be. And, you know, I have certain things in my little toolbox as far as, you know, refocusing myself, thinking about the people I'm helping. Like that's easy. At one time I did 3000 burpees straight pretty much. I mean, I took <laughs> no a break like every hour, <laughs> but you know, for, but I did it for, uh, for children's national hospital. And, and then I did it in this kind of the atrium, but like this area that was space that uh, had space and I put a mat down. I had a support crew and everything. It was kind of roped off, but on the wall were just pictures of all these kids. And you know, how, what better way to snap yourself out of starting to whine and feel sorry for yourself. You look up and you see a wall for a sick kid, you know, and it's basically like, mm-hmm. shut the, shut the F up. Like you got nothing to complain about. Get back to your, get, that's your purpose. Get back to work. Um, and, you know, use the strength of the mind. Think about things that motivate you, things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just keep moving and chipping away at it in little pieces. and. Um, am I rambling too much? Not at all. Wait, can, can we come back to three? I mean, we kind of blew past this 3,000 burpees thing. How long did this yeah. take you, 3,000 burpees? Not, not, not that I remember exactly, but nine hours and 39 minutes. Nine hours and 30, wait, and how, and you had breaks in between, like in each hour you take a break? How long was your break? I would do, I would do, um, let me see if I remember my, I had it broken into sort of sets, so I would do, um, I would do, I can't remember, I have to go back and look at the, I had like a whole plot of how I did it, but it was, I think it was like, I would do five sets of five, um, and then I would give myself 30 seconds off, and then I would do five Mm. sets of five, so, uh, and then at certain points, I would like, do like three minutes straight and see where that would take me. Um, but then when I got to certain points I had built in, if I get to this point, I get a 30 minute break. And mm. I hit the halfway point like 20 minutes before I thought it would, which I guess, you know, everything was just going well and I had the, the right jams on the, on the speaker. Um, <laughs> and um, I, so I, when I finished that, I was like, wow, I'm ahead of schedule. And I gave myself like a 40 minute break and I, which was great. Cause I was able to ingest real food and not just trying to get, um, you know, little bites in between burpees. So, um, yeah, that's how long that took. Oh my gosh. I want your 3000 burpee playlist. So much. <laughs> was this, it, was this a nine hour playlist? Was, was it like an hour yeah, playlist it was, that repeated? It, it was, it, it was, I think disturbing to most people, but as someone asked me, <laughs> I said, I said, every one of those songs has meaning to me. Like there's, mm. there's probably a point in time when I first heard it and I was doing something or I was with someone or I was in some place. 
and so that song gets put on the playlist so if you're like why is he listening to you know the dixie chicks or something and then all of a sudden it became metallica right after that i'm like there's a reason that like those two things resonate with me for different reasons and i just need that randomness through i mean i have other events that were a lot longer than that and i just need that randomness to kind of keep the brain hopping around wow okay i love that um so so what so that this was when when did you do this this was back in 20 i'm trying to remember when you went through your 3000 burpees it was a couple years ago that was um let's see um gosh i i have to go look but i'm guessing 2017 because 20 i didn't do anything in 2018 and 2019 i did 10 murph the 10 murphs in a row um, what are, what's, what's, what's a Murph again? Oh, a Murph is, um, it's a tribute to, um, a Lieutenant Murphy who was a SEAL who was killed, um, and his favorite workout in that sort of CrossFit world, which I'm not a huge CrossFitter, but I, I bought the workout, but it's a mile run and then it's, um, a hundred pull-ups. 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and a mile run. And I did 10 of them, and basically as fast as I could. Which oh my gosh! Really brutal, really brutal. It was harder than the burpees. It was what uh, I want to say. It was like 12 and a half hours. I have to go look at oh my. Oh my gosh! Um, that was one of the harder ones. Really, it was hard. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, okay, so 2020, what's your challenge? Do you have a challenge for this year? What or yeah, the I'm on a, I'm what's the big a, one? This, this June, in June of this year, I'm doing the Race Across America um, nonstop cycling race, but I'm doing it as part of a four person relay, so it's not as horrific as people think if you're doing it the solo um, <laughs> route. Yeah, but, um, it's still be challenging. I mean, it's still the way each person will, will switch off as a fairly complex how you run it but the bottom line is is each rider will do roughly 800 miles kind of at tempo pace not all at one time you will do it in short spurts um but it starts in june uh june 20th and oceanside california and finishes in annapolis maryland hopefully seven days six and a half seven days later um so yeah that's my next one and i'm doing um I'm looking to raise $100,000 for the Food Allergy Fund, which is a new mm-hmm. fund out there that's um, really trying to figure out a cure to food allergies. Wow. How how did you, I mean, this is a side, sort of a tangential, but why food allergies? Uh, my son, he has um, severe life-threatening multiple food allergies. Um, he has been in an ER six times and an ambulance four times. And, oh my gosh. and he's had him since he was a little baby and he's 15 now and it sucks basically for a kid mm. to have to go through that you know he's allergic to things like wheat dairy eggs peanuts tree nuts shellfish mm. rye barley mustard and when you're a kid and you want to fit in and you're different because you have to carry your lunch or you, mm. you can't just you know it's just a whole it's a whole nother podcast is food allergies but it's um, mm. it's really it's really bad and it's, you know they don't know why but more and more kids are, are have them and um, so yeah my last three or four events have been related to um, 
raising money for for clinical trials or some type of research funding research around trying to find a cure for food allergies and if you you know i can like the MRFs were brutal and like i ended up having a slap tear in my shoulder which is a labrum tear which is fine now but um you know there was some searing pain for MRFs like eight nine and ten and you know if you ever need purpose you know and you think about kids with food allergies and then you think about your own kid like it, it didn't hurt at all like it just went away when i had wow. all i did do was think about that kid and it was i was pain free i mean i hurt like hell afterwards but like that kind of focus you know and unlocking that sort of wow. you know he's like he's like the other half of my heartbeat so it's not hard to be motivated oh my gosh mike wow yeah so it seems like for you it's tying these seemingly impossible physical feats to your mental anchors, like your purpose, the people you love, the causes you care about, the things you believe in, and then really working from that space. That's pretty incredible. You've like basically figured out how to gamify your life (laughs) to some extent. Yeah, kind of. And it's, you know, it's always, everything I've done, it's never plays to like, there's, well, there's, I think I have a strength of um, my temperament being able to just, break it down over a period of time like one time i did the furnace 508 which is 508 miles straight on a bike through death valley i was on a bike for 41 hours um but i'm able to just break that down into pieces and i kind of have a you know i kind of get locked into sort of a floaty zone kind of thing um but you know for me challenges are important and and you know when especially when i hung up all the kind of other stuff i was doing in life and the the uh, the running and gunning all around the world. When I hung up that, I still needed to challenge myself. And, and so these events, they feed some of that for me because, you know, I did a lot of, you know, I did this, I did six Ironmans and I'd done a bunch of like organized things, but what I've enjoyed is, is exploring things. Like I, I'm not a mountain biker. I lived in New York city. I read a story about the world's toughest mountain bike race in Costa Rica called La Ruta. Um, and I was like, I want to see if I could do that race. So I bought a mountain bike in August and in November I was in Costa Rica doing the world's toughest mountain bike race. And I couldn't train in the mountains really. I mean, I went out to the Finger Lakes world, but I lived in Manhattan. So I would like go up to Bear Mountain. Mm-hmm. I put a 25 pound plate in my a backpack and do repeats up Bear Mountain just to build the strength. And so coming out with creative ways to to learn about a sport or an event and train for it and be successful in it all the while, you know, having a, a, an additional purpose of raising money to help others, you know, it's really fulfilling to me. And, you know, I, I'm not a rower, right. I've never done crew. I decided to see what it would be like to row on an erg machine, you know, the indoor rowing machine for mm-hmm. 24 mm-hmm. hours, 24 hours straight on an erg. What? Yeah. How do you, how do you come up with these ideas? Like you just well, sit there the and thing is like, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I start thinking like, what could I do? And, you know, usually I come up with them when the fire starts burning because people always say to me, what's your next event? And people always say, there's always going to be an event with Mike. It's just, you just have to wait till it comes to him. And it, it, and I always tell this to people, like you have to have the fire in your belly. Um, if you're going to take on something like that, it can't just, I can't just be every year. I have to do an event because there are certain years where I'm like, like maybe I'm just going to go ride 200 miles on a bike one, you know, I'm going to train up to do that by myself and ride, you know, the, the skyline drive, you know, down in Virginia. 
um, just for something fun to do, not tied to charity, just train up and do it. But I don't, you know, it's not a huge passion where I want to spend a year training and fundraising and like, you know, all that other stuff. And, and, but when it comes, when the fire comes back to me, it just comes to me. I wake up one day and I start thinking, mm -hmm. might be something to do. So then I'm like, well, six months from now, maybe is when I do it. And I start looking at charities and I start partnering with people and coming up with that stuff. I put together, you know, what's the idea? Well, if it's six months from now, what time of year is that? So that sometimes will will drive it. If it's going to be the middle of winter, I'm not going to try to plan an outdoor, you know, swim marathon or something. Um, I mean, I could do a, a cold weather swim if I want to, but in general, you're not going to, you know, so maybe it's gym based. Well, what's gym based? What's interesting in a gym? You know, hmm, I've never tried that erg thing. I wonder what that would do. And so, you know, I got coached <laughs> up and, but um, yeah, so yeah, that was, I'd row for 50, five, zero, five, no, 55 minutes. And I would take a five minute break. Um, but I like to say oh I, I rode 152 miles and went nowhere, just back and forth on the erg. <sighs> Mike, wait, so I want to dig into one thing. So you said you have to have that fire in your belly to take on challenges like this. It can't just be like your new year's resolution is I'm going to have yep. a challenge. It has to be like yep. a fire. So yep. where, where does that fire come from for you? Like what's the source of that fire? It, it, honestly, that is something that naturally happens inside of me. And I think that's mm. just, that, that was naturally the guy that wanted to go out and, you know, do the Mr. T pull-ups in the cold garage that didn't have any heat or air conditioning in the summer and, you know, do workouts, you know, when he was in 10th grade, just to see if he could. Um, it, it just, it's, I think there's a internal to me, there's, there's a fire that's that's like a challenge fire that gets built, but there's also a I think that there's let me say a voice. There's something inside of me that's just anti being not being challenged. It's against like it, I know enough to to not be an addict and to take a step away um, from you know exercise and pushing myself really hard and re making sure I recover. But there's a side of me that I think if I laid on the couch for you know, four days in a row on the fifth day, it would, it would just be like, get up um, and may, and, and get me doing something. So I think those, that those two forces combine to just go make me go. And then again, I, I mean, I've always been a giver and kind of a server and giver back and um, I'm just wired that way. So I think that there's another little piece that's like, what am I doing to make the world better? You know, me sitting on the couch is not making yeah. the world better. Like what, what can I yeah. do? And, and then how can I satisfy myself, as I said, you know, with a challenge that's, that's going to be interesting to me to learn about, you know, okay, that's a mountain bike. Okay. I have two wheels, um, you know, <laughs> to, to figure out, you know, what's a good training plan? Like, how do I figure out how to train for this? And I've gotten wow. you know, expert advice, but I've also learned enough over the years and, you know, one time and some of the events that I do, I want to make them interesting enough for people like to, to really garner big donations, you know, like, so I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do a 10 K. Now, for somebody, that could be a huge challenge for them, and I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. And I used to have a fitness and coaching business, and I would coach people, and sometimes they, they would say to me, like, I don't want to do what – I said, come up with a goal. What's your goal with, for me being here? Like, why am I with you? What's your goal? What do you want to do? And people would say, well, I don't want to do what you do. And I said, I don't want you to do – I want to do what is a challenge. I want to help you achieve something that you – that would be a challenge to you. And if it's, 
if it's run a 5k you never thought you'd be able to run a 5k let's get after that like it's in your world so everybody you know i i sometimes talk to people and it makes me sort of uncomfortable like i'll never do anything that you're doing and, and i'm like you don't have to just you're hard maybe a 5k you're really hard might be a, a 10k like really really hard you're you know doing nine hours of burpees might be for you you know for me what like you know getting in shape and running a 10k and you know that's great for you and and you should be happy with that don't don't put yourself down because you're not doing 3,000 burpees like that's just it's not good like <laughs> build yourself up with what 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 makes sense and is a challenge for you and you'll be so much more fulfilled than biting off something that like is not of interest you know because that's the biggest thing like oh I'm gonna do this because I want to be able to tell people I saw people you know in the Ironman world who would start to train for Ironman and they would literally be doing it so they could tell their friends and when the training got really hard they had no like purpose there was nothing like feeling their soul they just wanted on the surface to be able to talk about it like you know over cocktails at a party like so people like oh my god you're training for Ironman wow um Mm. where you know when the training gets really hard you have to have that reason that okay it's four five o'clock in the morning and I'm getting a I gotta get a you know, a ride to this pool across town that's only open for an hour because it's 50 meters long course on Sundays. It's butt cold in the middle of the winter. But I, I, I want to do this because I'm, I'm, I have something in my soul that's pushing me to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a, yeah. You have to have that reason for you. You have like the combination of the fire um, and, and all so many things, the purpose, the cause, the challenge, the, the seeking of the challenge, the desire to seek that challenge. So there's like, there's like so much stuff to you. I think we could just talk forever on everything. Yeah. Um, but one, let me just ask you. So one thing to close off. So there's so much, um, there's just, there's just so many interesting things about the way you think and then the way you approach challenges. So I want to ask you like the last thing is actually just what is something that you love, like, and dislike about yourself? Cause there's really like, there's a lot, there to aspire to you say you know a lot of people come and tell you i want to you know do x challenge and be able to do three thousand burpees but like i'm just curious for somebody of your sort of physical and mental strength and the barriers that you've broken through uh yeah what's something you love like and dislike about yourself three different things um i think i guess one thing i love well first of all i don't like talking about myself um i, I always try to <laughs> carry myself in a way that you know, there's always someone better than you in the world at something. And I just feel like you should always carry yourself that you might run into that person someday. So you shouldn't have a big mouth because they could easily shut you down by performance or whatever. So, um, so when I say love, I think all that is, you know, if I say I love something about myself, I feel like I'm saying that I'm like perfect at something. So I just want to, throw that out there that I'm, I don't think I'm perfect at anything. Mm. So, but I do yeah. love that. I do love my giving spirit. I think, I think that, that that's my way to really like make my mark and trying to make the world a little bit better and people inspire some people and um, feel fulfilled. And, you know, I'm just, a, I, I like that. I'm a, again, I'm like a natural giver, but that I've kind of, I've, I've grown that giving piece of me. So I would say that's what I love about myself. Um, I, um, 
like about myself. Um, I like my, you know, my drive and my focus and my intensity. I don't love it because I think it's, it can be pretty extreme. Um, I do like that. Um, uh, and then dislike about myself. Um, probably how hard I am on myself. Um, mm. I'm super critical. Um, and I need to try to lighten up a little bit. Like I'm super critical of like everything performance wise and just, um, you know, I internalize it. I'm not vocal about it, but I, I, that's something that just can sort of eat away at me. Um, and I need to, um, yeah, it's something that I'm trying to get from a, yeah, it's a little, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's somewhat overlaps because, you know, if you have so much drive, you push yourself so hard and are you happy with how hard you push yourself? Well, yes, but then did I do something that wasn't as strong as it could have been? Let's start dissecting that. Maybe you didn't do as good here or yeah. So I'm just, that part of me is probably something that I'd say I, um, not the fondest of. Mm. Yeah, your double-edged sword, right? The yeah, extreme challenge yeah. fire combined with also the hypercritical. I wonder if it's yeah. possible to have one without the other in different dosages. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, there's probably people out there that do a lot better job, a lot better job at you know that, or they can they can something doesn't go as well as they wanted. Maybe they can they can live more on the kind of there's a big giant raft of, of the good. And there's the little round, tiny little ring in the baby pool that, <laughs> where that they can float on. That's the, the, the little pieces that, you know, they, yeah that they're, they can revel in being in the big rubber raft and they're not like struggling and sitting on that little, little piece of where they're beating themselves up over stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to, you know, think about that. And I, I do a lot of like reflection and, you know, just, um, I don't really call it meditation, but I do, I guess it is meditation. Contemplation. Like just, yeah. Just breathing and like free space yeah. and, and, um, those kind of things that you're trying to get outside of that. But, um, yeah. You want to, um, okay, so this going a little bit off road. So we could actually cut the podcast off here. So I could very easily just end the recording here. I'm just going to keep recording. But on the super critical part, um, I just heard about a shadow exercise. Have you heard about shadow, um, this, this shadow therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let me pull up the script. There's a way, if, you, if you're down for it, and this is, again, this is the part we can cut out of the podcast. <laughs> because we're really- Okay, and then we actually went seriously off-road there and went on a completely tangential extended conversation. Uh, and so I'm going to cut the episode there. Um, thank you so much, Mike, and thanks everyone for listening.